This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, December 9th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. How will the metaverse change human interaction? Will dominance by a few key players like Facebook compel people to use their state-issued identities? Will Duffield describe some of the problems and potential solutions for life beyond the real world? In a way, everything old is new again. The metaverse is a name for a suite of technologies that aspire to create a persistent shared virtual world where we can interact as we do in the real one. And that includes you potentially threatening me with your voice or with gestures. In the real world, it's it's very hard to control or police passing one-off interactions between persons. But as we've used the written and televisual medium to record and transmit communication, it's become easier to police. When there's a written record or a stored video, someone else can look back at that and see what you've said to me and if it crosses some sort of line. But in this virtual metaverse, um, sharing a virtual space with you, we may interact in a way that upsets me, but like in the real world, I don't have a good way of transmitting or, or informing others um, of your, your threats. It's just down to my word. Okay, so there are other technologies. You said, as mentioned, a suite of technologies. Some of these are meant to mimic uh, human touch. Yes. Um, Facebook, in their, their attempts to build out their virtual reality technologies and, and world, have come up with haptic gloves. They aren't the, the first, to, uh, first to do so, but all of these haptic technologies hope to make uh, the virtual world feel like ours. Uh, someone touches you, you get hit in a game, and a buzzer on your chest or attached to your arm um, in the clothes you wear, sewn right in, um, moves or, or actuates and buzzes in a way that mimics the sensation of really being hit or really being touched. So there are questions related to consent that uh, uh, this new technology uh, creates in, this, in, in the sense that you may be physically alone. Yes. And yet someone has hit you or perhaps touched you inappropriately. Uh, th these are things that are uh, not far off on the horizon. No, not at all. And because this is a space which strangers may access, where we might meet someone new for the first time, where we might not be able to be sure that who we're interacting or communicating with is who they say they are. They might be wearing someone else's face. Uh, it can be very difficult, even harder in a way, to police this sort of activity, to uh, create systems which allow people to set firm boundaries around themselves, who they interact with, than it is in the real world. Again, because all of this is new, we don't have the same norms um, in these virtual spaces that perhaps constrain our conduct in the workplace or on the sidewalk. Jim Harper, formerly of, of the Cato Institute, talked a lot about anonymity online and how we sort of create, uh, we have the opportunity rather 
uh, to create identities that are are a part of us, but maybe not how we present ourselves in public. And uh, I wonder if the calls to strengthen uh, making your your identity, your human identity, what's on your driver's license, be your only identity online, whether the fact that this metaverse will exist and because of the sort of cosmopolitan nature of our interactions that will exist online, you know, how does that change the argument or do you think it does change the argument about how we should be allowed to interact with each other uh, anonymously? I think virtual reality will certainly increase calls to end anonymity online, to require people to use their real name or real face. But I think it would be a real shame if, particularly in this medium, um, those calls were followed. Now, it is very important that people have a way of demonstrating that they are who they say they are, that they can establish trust with other users, people they know in real life, that sort of thing. So those tools and the ability to bring a persistent identity with you into the virtual world are important. However, because VR or the metaverse is a space in which people can interact in an embodied sense, wearing avatars, not necessarily of themselves, but perhaps of others who they imagine themselves to be, it creates wonderful opportunities for people to try on new identities, express themselves in ways they can't in the real world. And if we were to enforce some kind of, you must be Caleb Brown as you exist in the real world, you would miss out on perhaps being able to live as a bird there. There are many ways to like establish reputation. Yes. And uh, the rep- your reputation doesn't necessarily need to be tied to your birth name or uh, any other attribute uh, about you? Well, all over the internet, I think we see this in the difference between pure anonymity and pseudo-anonymity. Say on Reddit, people usually don't use their real name, they have a pseudonymous account, but because they're interacting over many years with all sorts of communities using this same fixed pseudonym, then it gains a reputation of its own. It might not be the reputation they have in real life. They might become famous for things that no one knows they do in in uh, real life. But nevertheless, that reputation follows them. And if they misbehave on Reddit, um, their reputation there will suffer. So I, I think we can see that in VR as well. So what what am I what am I leaving off the table here in terms of how people will interact and uh, perhaps novel issues of uh, interaction and communication that uh, this new space provides? Well, I think on the governance side, when you're talking about fully embodied virtual reality, something that looks a little bit like a video game, there are all sorts of novel ways to govern user behavior through the environment that either we don't have on traditional social media or are just more limited there. Um, for an example, think of how fire is is presented in a video game. You can render it at different levels of make make it more or less realistic. You might want to allow people to build property that is theirs. They own, they've created it, and no one else can interfere with it. 
in order to prevent others from interfering with it, you don't want the fire in your virtual world to be able to willy-nilly burn down other people's things because then you can have arson. However, if you prevent fire from behaving as it does in the real world, your virtual world is a little bit realistic. Someone can place a fire against the side of your house and nothing will happen. Um, so these trade-offs um, between anti-harassment measures and realism uh, do provide new ways to potentially limit or channel human interactions. And and so I, I Facebook, uh, I'm sorry, Meta wants to uh, be the, uh, if not the sole arbiter, at least a driving force in all of this. What might concern you about their policies uh, thus far that makes uh, their met their proposed their hoped for metaverse to be either better or worse than what you imagine it could be well i think first off the bat any kind of singular centralized system concerns me a bit uh, because whatever their rules are now well even if they change in the future it might not be easy to exit from the system and in facebook's case the fact that in the past it's already integrated its uh, Oculus um, sort of VR side of the company and accounts there with accounts on big blue old school Facebook gives me pause because there might be reason that you use your Facebook account in a different way than how you use Facebook Horizon or, or the, the metaverse. Um, but linking those meant that if you posted the wrong thing on Facebook, if the algorithm flagged you there, you could also lose access to all of this virtual content that you may have even purchased. Um, so that, that linking of identities and of, of governance across those two very different platforms just seems like a, a poor fit to me. In considering how our interactions in <laughs> what my old professor Russ Roberts used to call meat space, uh, a term that he himself admits never really caught on. Um, you know, we work out with each other how uh, the people we want to interact with, the people to whom we want to appear lovely, as Adam Smith would say. And it doesn't seem like the metaverse provides for anything that's all that different. In fact, in some sense, it's it's more like operating in in real space, which is, of course, part of the intended purpose. But what do you suspect to be the hurdles to just allowing people to work it out uh, for themselves and allow the customs to develop about how people are expected to interact and the degree to which we can ostracize those who do not behave in the way that they are expected in the, the various spaces in which they could operate. I think the really difficult difference at the end of the day is there is some platform provider that can be seen as responsible for shaping these interactions and that that expectation demands made of them to govern more or govern better will displace or crowd out those emergent norms. Um, more open source, um, easier to access, less account-bound services such as VRChat, which is a currently running um, kind of hokey attempt at 
an embodied shared virtual world provides much more space for users to come up with their own norms, to allow things to happen over time and, and figure it out later for better and worse than I think what we'll end up seeing on Facebook's platform. And Facebook may not be, thankfully, the only one in this game. Um, while a lot of attention has been given to their metaverse rebrand and on the hardware side, they're certainly ahead of the game in Oculus. They aren't the only player in town. Uh, Niantic, who created Pokemon Go, have been trying to gain a leadership role and maintain their role in augmented reality. And that's not, you know, an entire virtual world that you enter, but instead virtual artifacts and images layered on top of the world that you and I walk around in every day. You could think of accessing it through your smartphone or through some kind of glasses. Um, and while in one way that's already governed by all kinds of real world laws, traffic laws, even if you're uh, staring at a augmented picture in front of you, you can't walk through a highway. Um, it will bring its own set of kind of unique moderation challenges. Um, people adding objects or messages to the real world in ways that disturb or upset others. So Niantic will face the question of whether someone can create a monument to the January 6th riot in front of the Capitol that appears virtually to a select set of users. So those are, are very different moderation questions than the kind of human interactivity um, problems that we'll see in, in full VR, um, but nevertheless will be pressing and probably generate political demands of their own. One question that that I guess one concern that I have is that, uh, you know, Facebook has made no bones about the fact that it would like to see uh, things like Section 230 reformed. And because they are such a major player on the Internet, they might actually have uh, quite a bit more pull than uh, a lot of the smaller players here. So uh, I guess my concern is that, you know, as we move forward with this uh, metaverse, that we will see uh, regulatory changes, uh, perhaps the I uh, like the identity rules that that Facebook might prefer end up being the industry norm when they would not otherwise be the emergent norm. I think this is a very real concern and we ought to be very skeptical of any policy proposals endorsed by dominant firms as a result. Facebook has, in advertising recently, called for Congress to create consistency in expectations and rules across platforms. And of course, consistency is likely to be consistency in the direction of what Facebook's rules are, because they do have such a large market share already. With VR, it, it just remains to be seen what shape those proposals take. Um, you know, I guess be be very wary of anything that uh, would seem to privilege full virtual reality over AR or other more mixed solutions, because it does seem to be the area in which Facebook is is out ahead. But you know, there are other real players here. Uh, we don't think of it as much of as as much of an AR or VR company, but on the corporate and military side, Microsoft with its Hololens is also. Uh, a tremendously well-resourced and powerful player. Do you suspect that those companies will move in concert 
with one another when it comes to calls for how this space uh, will be regulated or will they be stridently opposed to one another in in some ways? I think, again, it still remains to be seen because the space is so new. But at least as of now, most firms seem to be building in different directions, again, with Niantic embracing the kind of AR, not that Facebook isn't interested in working in that space, um, and Microsoft more on the corporate military side. There's certainly other players providing solutions to the government as well. Um, so I would hope that as all of their niche interests develop, then they can end up representing a wide bevy of potential uses of VR rather than all preferring that we do one thing with it. Will Duffield is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>